Blog Talk Radio. Our show is for entertainment purposes only. The opinions expressed by the host and guest on this show are not necessarily those of TPPC.TV's web TV show, radio show, blog, or its sponsors. Don't use the medical information obtained here as a substitute for a visit to your vet. If you think your pet is sick, get help immediately. And welcome to Pets Teachers So Much Radio with your hosts, stars of TPPC TV, Robin and Joseph Everett. Hello, everyone, and woofy woo. Everett and Everett here. I'm Robin Everett. And I'm Joseph Everett. Welcome to our show, Pets Teachers So Much. We're animal advocates, pet lifestyle experts, pet trendologists, bringing you the latest pet news and celebrity gossip. As always, we have great content. It's the most up-to-date info for you and your pets, health and safety, brought to you in a very real, raw, gritty, and not sugar-coated format. Today on our show, we have the founder of Delta Rescue, Leo Grillo, and he's going to talk to us about his uh, his rescue and tell us why it's different and what's going on with him. Plus, we have tons of stories for cat lovers and dog lovers and octopus lovers. Good. We have a groovy group on Facebook, the TPPC TV Pet Lover Crew. Check us out and join in the fun. Post your pics, scoop events, and you and your pets can hang out with the coolest pets on the net. If you have news and you'd like to be in our show, send an inquiry to info at tppc.tv. Please check out our blog and like us too. So big news today is uh, the Purina Recall. Uh, not a recall, I'm sorry, the class action, action suit. Um, it, the plaintiff, Frank Lucido, alleges that one of his three dogs died and two others became seriously ill because of the dry kibble food, which the lawsuit blames on unsafe levels of propylene glycol and mycotoxins. The Daily Beast explains, in, explains the latter are essentially a toxin byproduct of mold. The former is an FDA-approved additive that's also been a chemical used in antifreeze, although it's a stand-in for more toxic ethylene glycol. WLWT reports propylene glycol is barred from all cat food per the FDA, but a vet tells uh, KTUL, this is an article we pulled from a a smaller site uh, called Newser, and that's why they're referencing these local stations. um, This has not been approved for dogs. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not been proven dangerous for dogs, this propylene glycol. Um, One of Lucida's attorneys says that the suits become class action. So now there's over 3,000 online complaints of dogs becoming sick or dying, Hmm. internal bleeding, liver malfunction, vomiting, diarrhea, dehydration, and weight loss. We had a situation with our pets, with our two dogs. It wasn't this. It wasn't this. It wasn't this yeah. food with another with another company. Excuse me. I don't want to. Yeah. So uh, wait to the uh, to be unfactual here. But it was another another name brand dog food that you know. I'm not saying what was in it. I didn't you know. But there was some different chemicals and things in there. And I'm not sure if that's what caused the dogs to get sick. But since we've changed their food, and they haven't had anything any 
you know, anything at all, any symptoms, anything with the new food, which is a lot different. And the type of uh, products that's in the food is a heck of a lot more natural. And this is, you know, a warning to pet owners, too. See, here's the thing. This is the weird thing. Like, when you look on social media, everybody's saying, oh, Purina ben- Purina is a horrible company. But, and to look at what's going into your into your pet's food. But what's you're, happen- you're quoting by saying they're a horrible company. From what you're quoting people, what they're saying. If you read on Facebook. Right, okay. Right? I want to be sure that but we're not saying But here's the thing. That. It's not the ingredient. It's a toxic byproduct of mold. So if you've been reading our blog, you'll see that uh, Kimberly Gauthier of Keep the Tail Wagging, uh, we just published an article shortly before this came out that she wrote where she's talking about these mycotoxins, a warning about pet food or junk science. So... You have got to understand what mycotoxins are. And according to Kimberly's article, Google defines mycotoxins as any toxic substance produced by fungus. More reading taught her that mycotoxins are related to moldy crops, grains, seeds, and can have immediate or long-term impact on the health of humans and animals. So she gathered that a consumer-funded study is telling people that foods with grains of higher levels uh, uh, higher levels of grains may have higher levels of mycotoxins because the grains get moldy. Hmm. So uh, she said, my question is, how uh, proliferate are mycotoxins in all foods, animals and humans? And what led to the problem of the brands in this particular study? And again, this is an article that published before this information came out. She said, will we see better ingredients in foods? The purpose of the study to inspire the American Federation Association of Feed Control Officials is to look at how pet food is made. Pet owners should be able to trust their brands, um, that they're producing quality products, and that we have to hold the brands accountable. So, I mean, it's a shame that in the past, I would say, five years, we've seen so many of the chickens, the, the chicken jerky coming out of China. Right. This, I mean. Well, all I could say is for our own pets, we were using a name brand, American Food Company, and our dogs both got very sick over time, but, vomiting. But it was a package. Just, it was a particular, once we opened that new bag, it started with that. Right. It was a, a specific package. Exactly, yeah. honey. It wasn't, it wasn't continuous. Uh, feeding of the same product over time. It was just one particular package that we happened to find. And uh, we should have saved it and sent it out and seen it to see if there was anything yeah. in it and that lot number and stuff. But we were so, it just, you know, it, doing this as, as what we do and to, to help guide the the pet parents out there and then have it happen to yourself, it's just, you know, it kind of scares you. And, you know, you, yeah. you want to find out what's going on. You want to change the food and you want to, yeah. Get them on the right track. And we were always conscious and we always talked about it on this on the show and on our blog about the the ingredients and the and the fillers that were put into the kibbles type well, a lot of type foods for for your pets and animals. So. I mean, but now this toxin is growing on grain, right? I mean, it if humans too, any kind of flour, cornmeal, anything that 
but like when you think about grain and crops, and and it it even takes me back further to all the GMO stuff. Yeah, they talk about this Roundup Ready. Well, maybe this stuff is growing because we've been spraying it with all these pesticides, and the molds are becoming uh, resistant to these pesticides. Well, I mean, you really have to look at the whole food chain. Okay, I'm glad you said that. You said the molds are becoming resistant to the pesticides, just like the the bugs that are, that were the super bugs are being resistant to antibiotics. Yeah. And one of the things, the reason why they are being resistant to antibiotics is the over prescription of antibiotics mm-hmm. to us and probably to our livestock and our pets and oh, things sure. like that too. They're shoveling you know, all that into our livestock. So you're really creating a, you know, you see these movies about zombies and things like that and listen mm-hmm. people. It's not gonna, I'm not talking about a zombie apocalypse and, you know, someone's going to run out and start biting on your brain, I mean, your head to get your brain out. But you could start seeing something close to that. Well, in the fact that it's going to be resistant to any type of drug or anything you're going to give. Mm-hmm. It's going to spread. It's going to be, you know, you can go with all kind of plagues and things like mm-hmm. that. It's not science fiction. I, I think this can really be a problem if we keep playing games here. Well, and and it, then it always comes down to money, right? Yeah, I was biting my tongue with so many parts of that. I was just, I had the words I wanted to say, but I just... The greed. I just don't want to get into that soapbox right now. And Well, every story we look at, that's really, you know, what it comes back down to. Whether it comes down, you know, that saying, money's the root of all evil. Please, we all work hard to have nice things and have a roof over our head and all that. But the corporate greed, sometimes, when you think about it, could drive you nuts. So it's always important to check in to the foods, the companies. So why don't we just end this like this? Just just everybody out there, you're going to have to be a little bit more vigilant. You're going to have yeah. to self-educate yourself. Yeah. And you're going to have to really read these labels and pay attention to the symptoms of your of your pet. Of your pet. And, you know. And can I just say one thing? I have a very bad habit, all right? This is what happens. We have these containers that we store the food in. They're pet food airtight containers. And we dump the food food in there and I don't keep any of the information about the bag. I should save that lot number off the yeah, bag. You, we can do it real easy. You can you know scan it with our with our phone or Yeah, I don't just, do we that. should start doing that. Yeah. And or just save the bag until we're done with it. Yeah. You know, I'll keep it in one of the recycle bins. You know. Yeah. Just that's a great, great, great uh idea and something that we should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's we're we're definitely negligent on that and that's 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 a great point that you brought up. Yep, yep. Um, but uh, let's go to break, and um, when we come back, we're going to talk. Uh, we've just got so much to talk about. We want to talk about um, uh, Colleen Demling's uh, article about how dog training taught her to be a better person. So we'll be right back.
Have you ever wanted to have an amazing photo taken of your pet? Your pet is the most treasured companion, so why not have a photo of them? Ariel Star Productions can help you. Go to www.tazphoto.com. That's www.tazphoto.com to see the many pet photos we have taken through the years. That's www.tazphoto.com. And make sure when you email or call us to mention hearing about us from Robin at TPPC. And Joseph, and you're back with Pets Teach Us So Much. Before we get on to Colleen's article, we need to talk about um, this article that was in the March magazine of NewJersey.com forward slash Inside New Jersey, if you want to look it up online. There was a little blurb about calculating the cost of owning a pet, and it was really interesting. Um, The woman adopted a homeless German Shepherd from Rescue Ridge Animal Rescue Group in Spring Lake, New Jersey. And after a visit to the vet, they discovered that the dog had extreme hip dysplasia and required two surgeries. Had it not been for the fundraising efforts of the rescue group, it would have cost her sister nearly $10,000 for the dog's medical issues. But through the work of the group and out-of-pocket dollars, three-year-old champ was saved. So many dogs with similar problems, as we know, unfortunately, are euthanized. While most owners would expect to spend a fraction of that amount to care for a happy, healthy pet during its lifetime, the situation does shed some light on potential costs if your pet becomes ill or is injured. So let's break down the costs that they list here. Average vet visits in well care, more than $200 per visit. I would say that's accurate. That's accurate. Yep. Uh, adoption fees an average $80. I think that's cheap. I think sometimes it's more. Cost to purchase a dog from a reputable breeder, more than $1,600. I'm not sure. I yeah, don't. I guess it depends yeah. on the breed. Good quality dog or cat food, $20 to $50 per bag or yeah. case. Absolutely. Rawhide bones, more than $18 yeah. a bag. Yeah. Leashes and collars, more than $10 each. A heck of a lot more. Yeah. Dog and cat toys, $5 to $40. Damage to the household, well, that could be quite a bit. Um, you know, if if you have molding problems, um, you know, if you're chewing the molding, chews the wall, rips up the carpet, poos on the carpet, stains it. I mean, it could be just... Not that wood. We never had that problem because we always did what we should do with the pet. Yeah. Yeah. Um Medications for health conditions. So if a pet needs, you know, some kind well, of special medicine. Well, if they have, like, an underlying, if they're a diabetic mm-hmm. or... Well, plus all the heartworm stuff, right. too. But if um, they have an underlying health condition, too, mm-hmm. then that's going to be a constant medical, you know, mm-hmm. uh, prescriptions and things like that. Average... And, I'm sorry, in addition ahead. to your health care and everything else. Mm-hmm. Average cat or dog bed... Uh, Twelve bucks to more than one hundred and fifty. Grooming thirty five bucks a visit. Well, show me where grooming visit is yeah. thirty five dollars. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Um, a training private session about one hundred and fifty. Six week group class about three hundred dollars. Flea tick heartworm preventative. So there, it's listed at five to one hundred and fifty. Before purchasing a pet, it's helpful to think about establishing a savings account to pay for the expenses. So. This is what happens when people get a, a pet and then they say, oh, well, gee, 
this is more than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, you really have. There's a lot of books out there. Matter of fact, we had a had um, the lady we had on last week in regards to her book about JJ. That yeah, a puppy class. It, no, about yeah, and it had a, had a section in there about you know what to expect when you oh, get yeah. a new, when you bring home a new pet, mm-hmm. and that was just on the on the physical. Things to expect when you bring home a pet, mm-hmm. what to look out for. Yeah. And now they should. This is this is really a good article to follow up on, to look at the financial end, the budget end mm-hmm. of it. You know, just getting little Johnny for Christmas a nice little pet. You know, that could turn into a horror story alone without the financial part. Because especially when you had to take your pet to go get his teeth cleaned, look at Philomena had her had her anal gland removed. Chachula had a, you know, this one, that one, a little problem here, a little well, problem the teeth, there. The teeth and gum issues, you know, yeah. that, and we do a lot of preventive maintenance, you know, preventive health maintenance on our pets, and still. I would say you've got a budget about $3,000 a year if you're really taking that pet to the vet, and if there's a well, that's mild two, problem that's, here or there. That's two pets. Oh, that's two. Okay. Yeah, So you got to right. figure about $1,500 a year for one pet. Yeah, yeah. We're doing both of ours. Yeah. And that's oh. if there's no, like, serious, serious. Problem. And that's just on the health care. That's not counting the food and, yeah. and, well, you know what? That's 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 incorrect. So if you add food and lodging, if you have to, if you don't have to. Oh, yeah, family, forget it if you're bored. And if you have to travel because of business or something like that, it could get very, 1500 yeah. let's just go $1,500 plus. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, easily. I would say so. So we see uh, Leo circling the airport as we like to say, um, a little information about Leo. Leo Grillo is an actor and passionate conservatist and animal welfare activist and is considered an expert in the field of animal rescue by U.S. county, state, and federal agencies. Um, in 1977, Leo moved to L.A. to launch a film career, and while studying, he said that uh, he was having reoccurring dreams about a dog. So when he was driving through the Los Angeles National Forest, he saw the dog that he was dreaming about, this black Doberman, and he uh, pulled to the side of the road and uh, saved the dog and then found that uh, there were 35 other dogs in the in the wow. Los Angeles uh, National Forest that were starving and had been abandoned. So he vowed to save the dogs. And he was appalled to learn, as so many of us are, <laughs> that there is no agency or, or organization, you know, no humane society that swoops down that's nationally funded. So he promised to uh, make a home for the dogs and rescue them. Um, and as well, the Delta Rescue uh, is the largest no-kill uh, shelter or care facility, uh, sanctuary is the proper word, for over 1,500 abandoned cats and dogs. Um, so uh, he also founded a national horse rescue group, uh, Horse Rescue of America. And you know we're horse people, so it's very exciting to hear that. So let's bring him on. Leo, are you there? I am here, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time for my cold. I have a terrible cold, so I'm going to try to try to enunciate as best I can. <laughs> it's that time of year, Leo. Sure, Leo. That's for sure. Yeah. So tell us what makes Delta Rescue different from other animal groups. Well, back in 1979 when I started this, um, I used the words no kill and was ridiculed, and no kill was something nobody ever heard of. So when I started, I mean, why do this? I'm not. My, my goal was not to have a career in animal control. You know, I'm trying to save some lives here. 
Uh, and the only way to do it was not to kill. And um, uh, ultimately that became a, a, quite a trend. Uh, and then I did a book on adoptions, did a movie on adoptions, you know, how to, how to find homes because there wasn't anything. And then along the way I learned that um, it doesn't work for our animals. Adoptions don't work because people only keep their pets in America for two and a half years. That was the, the research that we had done. Wow. And that was before the, the, yeah, that was before the recession. So um, wow. at that point, uh, about 15 years into it, uh, I, I made this a sanctuary. So instead of a shelter where there's turnover, you know, uh, it could be a pound, it could be a private, you know, a couple of women getting together running a shelter where they adopt out animals. Uh, ours is a sanctuary. These animals have been abandoned. Uh, they've, they've gone through hell already once. My promise to them, it will never happen again. And, and I actually broke that promise many times inadvertently by adopting them out to homes in the early days. Mm -hmm. uh, and many of those homes did not last. And, and some of my animals were killed. And so mm -hmm. since I became a sanctuary, uh, we, we have, you know, 1,500 dogs or cats and horses. And um, it's for them. We have our own hospitals, our own vets seven days a week. Everything is for the care of these animals. Now, we lose them. You know, they, they pass on eventually no matter what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, and we treat them for everything. And uh, then, you know, new ones come in, take their place. So it, it, it maintains itself at around, you know, 1,400, 1,500, sometimes a little bit more. But it's a sanctuary. That's what makes it different. So let's talk a little bit about how people can get involved with the Delta Rescue and um, how they can uh, contribute in any way. Oh, that's kind of you. Yes, the, if they go on the website, it's Delta Rescue dot org or whatever it all goes to delta rescue um we have i guess on every page you can you know click a button to donate but we have some interesting things on there that i think your your listeners should be aware of um we have for instance ask the vet i heard you talking about vets uh, before i came on um there are uh, a lot of questions that people have that would like to ask a vet without paying money well this is free uh, you can uh, research, you know, we have an archive you can look through, but you can ask our vet a question. Hey, my dog has this, and he has this, and he had that, and now the vet said I should do this. What do you think? And our vet will answer you personally, you know, about your particular animal. May I ask you to send, you know, send some blood work or something, you know, to get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. And, again, it's 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 a service for free because we're, you know, besides the ones that I rescue and how can I do more? You know, how, we're always looking, how can we help more animals? So this is one way. One way is to have the free, you know, ask ask the vet. Uh, mm -hmm. Another thing that's up there, uh, the Rescuer is a full length feature. It's a documentary feature film. It's called The Rescuer. It's for streaming. It's on our website. Anybody can stream it and watch it for free. It's a whole two year rescue um, of uh, Moby and Nemo. There were two two dogs uh, in the in the wilderness. It'll show them a lot of you know what goes on out there and. In, in, uh, uh, the plight of animals, you know, in general. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff on the website. So that's really the way they can get involved is to go through the website with a fine-tooth comb and find all the little treasures. Uh, mm -hmm. And then if you're, you know, if you um, if, if, if you uh, feel like uh, helping, then then absolutely donate. And can people volunteer at the at the sanctuary? No, unfortunately, we found out back in 1985 uh, through a court uh, a gavel came down in the court court thing, let's say, uh, and we were told that no, we cannot have volunteers because that's taking the place of a paid employee in the state of California. So believe it or not, 
we, we, we could not have volunteers. And they said, well, other people volunteer for other organizations. Well, I can only tell you what happened with us. Uh, it's a $10,000 fine if we had a volunteer take the place of a paid worker. Uh, that said, that said, uh, we're out in the boonies. Uh, it's it's uh, hard enough to get paid workers than to expect you know a volunteer to come out and, uh, in a sense, go to the zoo. You know this this is serious work. It's very heavy. Uh, there's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of responsibility because the workers, uh, let's say they have seventy or eighty dogs to take care of, they mm-hmm. have to know those dogs the way you know your own pets. They have to know them so that if something's off one day, something's just not right with one of the dogs. That dog's in the hospital ten minutes later. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we didn't have that relationship, then we wouldn't know when a dog wasn't feeling well. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. It does. It does. So let's talk about the Rainbow Bridge. Some people have heard the term, but they don't really know what it is. So can you explain that a little bit? Well, you know, I really encourage people to Google it and, and read the poem because there, there, it is a beautiful, beautiful poem. I can't, I can't do it justice in a, in a, in a few minutes. It's a, it's a beautiful poem. Basically, somebody wrote about a hundred years ago, and it was about their pet, about their dog, and uh, all animals. But uh, you know, their dog had passed away, and they wrote this beautiful poem about where does, where does the dog go? You know, where does he go? Well, he goes to Rainbow Bridge. Well, what's what's on the other side of Rainbow Bridge? Well, eternity. So what's happening on this side of Rainbow Bridge, and why is the dog there? Well, basically, your dog is, as you know, uh, unconditional love. You can't break that bond even with death. It's there. And and so the the animals who have passed are waiting for you at Rainbow Bridge. That's the whole, the whole idea of it. And uh, when you join them, they're all happy, and you all go together uh, across the bridge. So that, that's so, a very beautiful poem. I think uh, many pet lovers are have read it. Um, it is a beautiful poem. So tell us how people can actually communicate with their pets after they've passed away. Well, I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm trying to get a book together of people's stories of how they're doing exactly that. So I'm trying to find, I mean, I know what I do. I'm trying to find people. Uh, across the country to send in stories, you know, through the website, just email. Uh, if you have a story of how you know that Rainbow Bridge is real, and that's the name of the book, it's going to be Rainbow Bridge is Real. Um, the way, you know, that's like, it's like if you're asking um, a devout, any kind of religious person, you know, how do you know heaven's there? Or, you know, and, well, this is how I know. Uh, you know, and, right. and I'm, I'm looking for that with Rainbow Bridge. In in my case, I have God, tons of examples personally, but they're mine. You know, they're my personal. Mm-hmm. Will people believe me if I say it? They, they'll say, "Oh no, he's he's." Uh, you know, the criticism would be, "Well, of course he's going to say that. He runs a, you know an animal rescue organization." Uh, but I'll give you one for instance, just just a quick one. Um, if you go and watch the rescuer uh, at the at the point, this was a rescuer was a documentary shot as it went down. It took two years to shoot it, and there's actually 20 years of film in there. But, uh, you know, as it happened, well, and there's one point I look like a genius. I look like, um, oh, probably every tracking show there is in a reality network, I'm the best tracker that there ever was, if you watch this. Because there she is. And in real time, you know, I go down this, this mountain of rocks to get to the flood control area where this dog, Moby, was, and she had a litter of puppies buried somewhere in a den. And there's hundreds of acres 
And there's all this, you know, and I have to find her puppies because it's raining. The flood control is going to flood. There's a dam there. It's going to be filled with water. Everybody's going to drown. I, I have hours to find her. <clears throat> so I head downstream, and I'm, you know, I'm looking for her with the camera behind me. And can you believe, within about 20 minutes, I go right to the exact spot in the woods where there's a den, and I find a puppy. And, and, and you know, nobody ever questioned this. Uh, but, you know, you, you say, well, that can't be real. How could that, you know, how could that happen? Well, I've been in this situation before, and, you know, what do you do when you're up against it? It's just me. It's I'm desperate to get these puppies. I'm trying to get them to understand that, especially the mother, that I'm trying to help, please, you know, take me there. And my, in this case, it was Delta, uh, my dog, my late uh, Delta, who started this whole thing. You know, here I am, you know, asking him, uh, to help, and I, I, you know, I could tell you, I, I could see his shadow in front of me, and I'm following him. Cool. And he took me right to the den, uh, you know, in, in just a few minutes. Here, here they are, and then we, we look in with a with a flashlight, and you know, you can hear with the microphone that the puppies are in there, and I, I had to dig them out. But I, you know, hundreds and hundreds, or actually probably thousands of acres, and boom, right there. That's Delta. You know, I've had that happen with other animals. I've had other things happen. So, I mean, I know it's real. I know they're there. Uh, what do you tell your child when, you know, an animal dies that they're very close to? Well, she didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like ice, ice turning to water, turning to steam. You know, the energy is still there. The soul is still there. Just the body is no longer connected to it. The way ice is no longer connected to melting water or to steam. It's all the same. It's all still there. That's a great analogy, and I think as a society, we're becoming more open to listening to stories like this, just as from what we've seen and the guests that we've had uh, on the show and the comments that we've gotten back on social media. You know, I don't know if society's still afraid to talk about things like this. For, for fear of somebody being labeled, oh, you know, you're a couple of fries short of a Happy Meal. Um, but I think that uh, what you're saying is as you start to say it, more people will say, yeah, you know, I had something like that happen to me too, and and now I'm not afraid to talk about it. So I think that's really great that you're talking about it. Yep. Well, I like to think, too, I mean, if you really look what's happening in the world, for God's sake, you know, concerning religion, people are killing people over their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And and everybody, if you look at the whole population, most people believe something. They're connected to some sort of religious belief. Well, if all of that is true and you all believe in one form or another of that religious belief construct, then why why not believe in this? You know, why not know that sure. this is there, too? I mean, it's 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 no less a miracle than it is to, you know, to, 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 to believe in one of the other religions. There you go. So everybody can go to DeltaRescue.org or uh, HorseRescuesOfAmerica.org. The links are on our site. We're out of time, Leo, but we, we thank you so much for coming on our show. And thank My you pleasure. for all you do for the animals. And we wish you continued success. Thank you. I might throw this one to Joseph. Uh, you should check out the website. We have our own fire department. I have four engines, and, and the, mo- the newest one is on there. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> showing, 
We we that's, have Foss check that they shoot from the planes and we're shooting it from the ground. They invented a whole new engine for us. It's a prototype and it's on there. Oh, I got to check that out. That sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> right up my alley. Very good. Uh, <laughs> Take care, buddy. Take care. Thank, thank you so you. much. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Good guy, doing good things. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about gifts from birds and how how dogs taught a dog trainer to be a better person. We'll be right back. back with Pets Teach Us So Much Radio. So Colleen Demling is a trainer um, out of California. She Her company is Pawtopia.com, or well, can be found at Pawtopia.com. But um, she wrote an article about how dog training taught her to be a better person, and this can be found on our website. But uh, people have said to her, you're so lucky you get to play with puppies all day long. And she said, well, it's not exactly that simple. And she is very lucky, but... Um, most of the issues that actually she sees between owners and dogs is a simple case of miscommunication. She said the dog's trying to say one thing and the owner is trying is hearing another or vice versa. She said you have to remember that your dog isn't trying to be bad. It's not our friend. It's not our partner. It's it's just trying not to be bad, right? So... um Interestingly enough, um, she said that that has taught her something very important. It's taught her about forgiveness. And it's also taught her about praise. She said, because we say thank you to people, but we don't say thank you to pets, which would would be praise, you know? I do. Well, the average person, you know. Average person is stupid. Okay. When it comes to pets. Okay, thank you. Sorry, but, you know, I'm going to be factual. So um, she said that one of the biggest lessons that she learned was the lesson of forgiveness, that you cannot hold a grudge against a pet. It's just a miscommunication. And that um, by getting frustrated and not communicating with your pet, it's it's not going to get you anywhere. Correction. I got a correction. Not stupid. Ignorant. Okay. So anyway, to read more, uh, go to our blog, but that's a very good point. That uh, that I said, that I brought up? Yeah, that too. <laughs> no, but really, how many times do, if Philomena or Cha, you happen to tr- not trip on them, but you know, whatever, you go, oh, excuse me, Phil. Sorry, Cha. I'm thank Sorry, you, Phil. Thank you for bringing something. Yeah. Me. And thank you for being good girls. We always say that. Yes. We always say so you want to talk about Delta Airlines? Yes, I do. Not on my soap little box here. So, in case you guys didn't hear, Delta Airlines had trouble with checking luggage in. So, okay, 20-minute check luggage guarantee. All is well and good until you find sure. out that... It's uh, your dogs from the Westminster Dog Show, and it's not necessarily just because they're Westminster dogs. 
Oh, there's been tons of pets that's been lost on different airlines. But they've been lost. So the the people were on the plane. They're like trying to find out. Like I didn't see my dogs get on the plane. You know, get lug loaded. And they're like, yeah, yeah, they got loaded. But guess what? Never got loaded. So what happened was um, they. What's to take this on the ground guy to check or ask? Yeah, or you squeeze the radio microphone. Yeah. Everybody walks around with the thing in the ear and the hand unit on their belt, the walkie-talkie. Yep, yep. And or even worse, the Delta they'll, staffers. They'll squeeze it in two seconds for someone that when a, a flight attendant sticks you somewhere in a dirty seat and there's puke on it and you make a complaint, they yeah. said that you were threatening them and they call and have the police waiting for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'll do that in two seconds. Oh, yeah, that's no problem. But... uh the woman said that um, Jenny Dawson uh, is her name. She said that uh, she had one dog in the cabin and one in a crate in the baggage compartment. Delta staffers presented her with the empty crate that belonged to the dog in her arms, and the other animal went across country unattended. So it got loaded onto the wrong. That's why we don't, well, I know some people have to, but that's one of the reasons we don't fly when I pack. This is just, it just makes me sick. It just makes me sick to my stomach is right. Across all carriers, there were 17 fatalities, 26 injuries, um, and estimated 2 million million pets flow. I don't want to tell you how similar those fatalities are. Okay. Well, I will say, you ever see those big, large cargo carriers, how they roll them? What do you mean? The large, those big aluminum cargo boxes that yeah. look like the shape of the belly of the plane. Uh-huh. They put them in in their rollers and they send them one way, left or right. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. there's been times where the crates are at the end of the wall and they send that unit and they get crushed. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, always, I mean, uh, like Joe said, sometimes you have to travel with your pet, but take every precaution you can. Really bad. So, this is an adorable story. Um, It's a story about a little girl in England. So, when she was little, and she'd have, like, little chicken nuggets or something, and she would have one on her lap when she got out of the car, it would fall out into the driveway. And the crows would come down and pick it up. So uh, I'm sorry. This story was in a uh, in uh, British Sky News, but it took place in Seattle. So what happened was a little girl would go out into her garden and she started to feed the crows, and in turn they would bring her gifts. Eight-year-old Gabby Mann sets a bead storage container on her dining room table and clicks the lid open. This is her most precious collection. Inside the box there rose a small objects in clear plastic bags. And then she labeled them. Like one label reads Black Table by Feeder, 2.30 p.m. November 9, 2014. Inside is a broken light bulb. Another bag contains small pieces of brown glass worn smooth by the sea. Beard colored glass. She describes it. Each is individually wrapped and categorized. Gabby pulls the black zip out of label, uh, out of a label bag, and said, "We keep it in as good condition as we can." So she has a little silver ball, little special rocks, a little a couple buttons, earrings, little pieces of bone, 
I mean, a paper clip, a couple little charms. So what did the birds bring this back? The birds bring it to her. In exchange for her because she... A piece of Lego. (laughs) She has little categories. Flip the page and you see it's all in the little little containers. Oh, that is so cool. If you want to form a bond with a with a crow, be consistent in rewarding them, said uh, Professor John uh, Marsluff. And so that's what she's been doing. So when you put your watch on the table before you go in the pool or your wallet or something, now the crow's bringing back. <laughs> oh, so bring it to your yeah. neighbor? Yeah. So, um, oh, so, so the crow, what, what, so what was happening is the crows would watch her when she was a kid and it would fall out of the car or whatever, the little bit of food she had. Right. So, and they would, like, you know, like watching her like a hawk. So she would, um, the, she, watching her like a hawk? Yeah. <laughs> so what would happen is the crows started lining up once she got off the bus from school because she was teaching them, you know, basically to come and you'll get something. So it was a daily ritual. Rather than dropping scraps from time to time, it became a regular thing. So each morning they fill the bird bath on the back with water. Excuse me, cover the bird feeder platform with peanuts. Gabby throws handfuls of dog food into the grass as they work. Crows yeah. assemble on the telephone lines, calling to them loudly. Yeah, that could get you in trouble. You should see Joe feeding seagulls uh, dog food that the girls wouldn't eat. We thought he was, I thought he was win- going to die. In the winter. In the winter. They were starving, and it was a bad episode of the birds out there. And, you know, you, also, you shouldn't feed the waterfowl, blah, 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 well, blah, blah. Well, those were seagulls. That's different. And I just said, oh, let me just dump it in the sand here and see what happens. Wow. So what what was happening was the crows would clear the feeder of the peanuts and leave shiny trinkets on the empty tray, an earring, a hinge, or polished rock. It wasn't a pattern. The gift showed up sporadically. Anything shiny and small to fit in a crow's mouth. She, she lucked out. That's the treat that they were leaving. As opposed to? What the treats our birds leave us oh, yeah. on our deck. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one time, a tiny piece of metal with the word best printed on it showed up. I don't know if they still have part that says friend somewhere because it was, you know, <laughs> part of the necklace with his best friend. Gabby laughs amused and thinking that the crow was wearing the matching necklace. <sighs> so it's really cool. Um, uh, never more, never more. Yeah, I like that. Well, that was a raven. That was a raven. What's the, the difference between yeah. a raven and a crow? I don't, I don't know. know. But you know what? If you're a kid, I mean, that's the coolest thing in that's the world. A kid, I think it's pretty cool as an adult. A little celebrity gossip, if you don't mind. I really don't like these kind of stories. You know, a couple weeks ago, we reported that um, Khloe Kardashian was wearing fur after her big PETA campaign. But now Pam Anderson, another PETA person, uh, is what there's a big controversy. There's a war over uh, this, her husband, Rick Solomon, his Rottweiler, Bumblebee. Um, what happened was she said that the dog was at the groomers. Yes, I did court. That was part on, of TMZ, that on TMZ, right? But I wasn't paying attention. But what happened is um, that wasn't the case. She put the dog in a in the boarding hospital and boarded the dog. Um, and... Uh, they weren't allowed to take the dog home because Rick's the owner, like his um 
his uh, daughter and ex-wife tried to pick up the dog. They weren't allowed to take the dog home because he's the registered owner. He was working or out on tour or whatever. So uh, here she is, oh, big pet lover, going and stuffing the dog in there because yeah, she's she, pissed off at the guy. Yeah, she's a pet lover, right? Yeah. After, oh, I was abused, dog told me blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, okay. Storm Drain Rescue in Florida. 19 manatees were pulled from storm drains overnight and safely released back into the Indian River Lagoon where officials believe they traveled from. Because it got cold. So they thought they went into the storm oh, drain yeah. to keep warm. Wow. And what happened was, at 19, manatees are big. That's yeah, a lot big. of manatees to stuff into a storm drain. So, unfortunately, some of them, like, they were thrashing around in the cement storm drain, so they got scraped up. Yeah. But they did get them out. And they, they all were, made it. Wow. They all made it. Uh, local police fire agencies worked with SeaWorld of Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission during the rescue operation to get them out. The immediate costs of the operation were not known. Because it had to be quite a bit to get 19 of those bad boys the out of The logistics of that? Yeah. Yeah. They're big. They're like big, giant wow. people. We like manatees. And... Lastly, this story from Austell, Georgia. Hibernating pet tarantulas stolen from crawl space of house. Hibernating pet tarantulas so that's stolen. So that was more than one. From crawl space of house. Yeah, 18. A, a metro Atlanta man told police that a spider thief snuck into a crawl space under his home and stole five of his 18 pet tarantulas. Austell police said they've issued an arrest warrant for a man accused of possessing arachnids. Why well, let me just tell you something. This dude has got a set, man. Let me tell you. Not only did he crawl in a crawl space and he stole 18 tarantulas. No, he stole, only stole five. Whatever. <laughs> I still would have been nowhere near that crawl space. So, <laughs> this is another Dwayne story. <sighs> Dwayne Mountain tells... WSB-TV, the spiders live beneath his home in individual containers where they hibernate until the win- uh, hibernate during winter until the spring arrives. Melton said he didn't know the spiders were missing until he got a phone call from Animart Pet in Austell. Hey, he's got a phone call from one of the tarantulas? Yeah. Daddy, somebody stole me. Daddy. Uh, somebody has told me I don't want to drink your blood. I'm a tarantula. I'm like Dracula. He said the the spiders. So he got the call, and employees at the pet at the Animart said someone had just sold five tarantulas to the business. Melton then identified the spiders as his, and the police began investigating. Wow. It was not immediately known when the theft happened. But who's going to say, I know that there's tarantulas under that house. I can get good money for those. It's just a very weird story. Let's just leave it like that. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it for tonight, folks. We will see you next week for more fun and excitement on Pets Teach Us So Much. Have a great night. Goodbye.